to get right into the word on today. And uh, we're going to be uh, starting off in the book of Hebrews. And uh, we're going to start, if you want to follow us along uh, in your Bibles, we're going to be in the second chapter of the book of Hebrews. And uh, we're going to be speaking from the subject, the danger of drifting. Can you say that with me? The danger of drifting. And uh, our uh, scripture verse that uh, we're going to look at today is from Hebrews, the second chapter, uh, the first verse. And uh, we're going to, uh, the uh, Bible translation that we're using is the Christian Standard Bible translation uh, of that. So it might read just a little differently if you are using a different translation. Uh, Hebrews 2 and 1. And it says there, for this reason, we must pay attention all the more to what we have heard so that we will not drift away. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For this reason, we must pay attention all the more to what we have heard so that we will not drift away. I'd like to start out, uh, there is a book that is entitled Beyond All Limits. It was written by Bill Bright and James O. Davis, and they recount the story uh, from the famed English explorer whose name was William Edward Perry. And uh, he mapped out most of the southern polar cap. And uh, one of the, on one of his particular expeditions, Perry and his crew were preparing to hike to another unfamiliar location. And on the eve of their departure, they studied the stars and determined their exact coordinates and position. As the sun rose, they began the hard, lengthy journey north to this unmapped region. They marched through the ice and snow all day long with freezing air, amen, burning at their lungs. And as the sun set and they made their camp and they were totally exhausted from their trip. And after they ate their evening meal, Perry studied the stars again to uh, determine their exact uh, coordinates and their exact location. And he was stunned to learn that even though he and his crew had journeyed north all day long, they were now farther south than when they had began that morning. How could that be? You all get the picture of what's going on. Here they are, and uh, they're exploring uh, uh, Arctic tundra. And they set out to go north to uh, uh, an area that they had not been before, walked all day, amen, in the compass direction, heading north, and amen, at the end of the day, when the night came and the stars were showing, amen, and they got their position, they found out they were further south than when they had first started. You wonder, how could that happen? Well, after struggling to solve this problem, they discovered that although they had traveled north, they were on a giant ice sheet that was floating south faster than they were walking north. And although they were going in the right direction, they were sliding away and didn't even know it. The sheet of ice that was so huge, it was drifting south. We're talking about uh, the problem of drifting. You see, the plight of this expedition amply illustrates the danger and the frustration of drifting. All these uh, uh, explorers were very busy, for sure. But they did not get anywhere. They actually were going backwards and did not realize it. And they thought that they were going, uh, what they were doing was right. And rightly so. 
But in the end, they were worse off than before they started. The danger of drifting. And, amen, such is the case in our uh, in the lives of many Christians that have drifted away from the Lord in their busyness, amen, their frantic schedules, they've actually drifted away uh, from God and become spiritually cold. Some Christians don't even realize how far that they've drifted away from God. And so that's what we want to talk about on today, the danger of drifting. The danger of drifting. Amen. And uh, we began uh, as we considered the danger of drifting. The first thing we want to talk about is diligence. you you, you got to be committed to the truth. If you don't want to drift, if you want to stay on course, if you want to, amen, continue to make progress in your Christian life, if you want to succeed, you've got to be committed to the truth. You know, we're living in a world, we're living in a political world where, uh, and, and, and uh, where, where uh, you know, people feel like that they have their own personal truth. And the truth is whatever they uh, want to make it out to be. And uh, sad to say, and I'm not going to get political necessarily, but just make a comment. It's sad to say that so many of our politicians value the truth. Amen. Uh, uh, have little value for the truth. Amen. Some of our politicians feel like that if they lie long enough, that people are stupid enough to believe them. And they keep on telling the same lie and the same lie and the same lie and the same lie. And, the same lie. and uh, amen. Uh, and, and, and I wonder about those that, um, uh, what's the word, that help facilitate the helpers. <laughs> the ones that are, that are helping them promote uh, the lie. Uh, uh, you know, they're going to have to give an account, amen, uh, one day. And um, as I said, I don't want to really get political about it, but that's why we have elections. Anybody listening to me? Amen. We're in an election year this year. And uh, if you just lie, in, I don't know about you, but uh, I take it personal. If somebody just bald face uh, uh, lies to me, Without batting an eye and just, you know, and, 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 and you know, uh, what do, wh- who do they think I am? You know, and uh, so uh, I'll get off of that point. But as I said, you got to have a, if you don't want to drift. And uh, the, it's sad to say uh, that the morality in our nation is drifting and is drifting in the wrong direction. There must be a diligence and a commitment to the truth. Amen. The scripture that we read, I'll use another translation. It says there, Hebrews 2 and 1. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. Therefore, we ought to give the most earnest heed to the things that we've heard. Man, I'm talking about a commitment or a diligence to truth. And uh, the chapter, uh, Hebrews 2, uh, it begins with the word, therefore. And whenever you have a verse that has the word, therefore, in it, it's telling you that it's connected to something that came before it. You all remember that? We've talked about that in the past. Well, the chapter begins with, therefore, and it connects chapter 2 to chapter 1. And, and this word uh, can also be translated for this reason, uh, as the Christian Standard Bible does. The writer is referring to the truths that were addressed in chapter 1. And in chapter 1, we found that Jesus Christ is the greatest for several reasons. Amen. Jesus is the greatest. And uh, we talk about that. Amen. And uh, when we talk about Jesus Christ is the greatest uh, uh, and, and the superiority of Jesus, the writer of Hebrews. And uh, we're in the book of Hebrews and uh, uh, there's been some discussion in terms of who wrote Hebrews. And um, amen, I won't get into a lot of that. But what we'll say is that uh, the best answer that we 
uh, find in the scriptures that they really don't know exactly who wrote the book of Hebrews. Uh, some propose that it was the Apostle Paul, uh, as I believe in the King James Version, even at the heading of Hebrews, it says uh, the epistle of the Hebrews by Paul. Uh, but when you examine the book of Hebrews, uh, what you'll find out is that the writer of Hebrews um, uh, wasn't, a, 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 uh, wasn't one of the, the uh, 12 uh, apostles. And uh, uh, most probably he wasn't Paul, uh, but he was somebody that was uh, immensely familiar uh, uh, and, and with the text and with the word of God and with the traditions of the Hebrews. And he wrote the book of Hebrews. He wrote it to encourage uh, Jewish believers that were under pressure to drift and go back. And uh, in that first chapter of the book of Hebrews, as I said earlier, amen, uh, he uh, uh, points out that Jesus is the greatest. You talk about the greatest of all time. A lot of times they like to use that term and they've got different uh, sports figures that they like to talk about. Uh, some like to refer to Michael, Jack, uh, Michael Jordan rather as the greatest of all time. Uh, some like to refer to Tom Brady when it comes to quarterbacks as the greatest of all time. And, uh, but uh, when you talk about the greatest of all times, amen, you're talking about Jesus. Amen. Tom Brady, uh, 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 Michael Jordan, amen, they might have been good in their arena, but there is no one like Jesus. Amen. Because our Lord is the Son of God. Amen. He's the creator of everything that we see. Amen. He's better than the angels and has paid the price for our sins. And we ought to give the, earn, the most earnest heed to the things that we've heard. The message of Christ deserves to be heard by us. And not just only heard, but heeded. This is what we ought to do. Diligence to truth. And, and, and you know what? Um, the greater the stature of an individual, the more we should be inclined to listen to what they say. Any, anybody with me today? Anybody hear what I said? Amen. The greater the stature, I'm, I'm talking, you know, the, the, the more prominent the individual is, the more willing we should be to hear what he says. Hallelujah. And uh, so uh, there needs to be a uh, diligence or commitment uh, to truth. And uh, we ought to, amen, give the most earnest heed to what uh, he has said. Uh, and uh, as we move further, we're talking about uh, drifting from the truth. Amen. Drifting from the truth. And when we think about drifting from the truth, uh, that latter part of that first verse says, lest at any time we should let them slip. Lest at any time. We don't, if we don't, uh, if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we'll slip, we'll drift. Amen. And uh, that verse says, lest at any time we should let them slip. Amen. We ought to take heed to the truths that we've heard. And we should, uh, 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 lest we should let them slip. What does that mean? What is the meaning behind the word uh, to slip? Amen. What, 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 what does it mean to slip? Well, in the Hebrew, or rather not Hebrew, but in the Greek text, because the New Testament was written in Koine Greek. Amen. The word slip is from uh, a, a Greek word, parahurae. Amen. I've got it up there. It's hard to pronounce. But, amen, what that word means is to slip, to drift, to erode or wash away, to leak or run out, or to forget. That, it, it, that, that word carries all of those different meanings. And uh, the way that you understand what the meaning of the word is, is in the context in which it was used. Amen. We're talking about if we're not careful, we'll drift away from the truth. I was just talking earlier about how in the political arena, it seems like truth has been cheapened, amen, uh, by the current administration, amen. But you know what, even in, even in the church, even in the church world, 
even in the church world, uh, uh, people handle the truth uh, loosely and, and, and lightly. And, uh, you know, they'll tell jokes and, and, and what have you, folk that, amen. You know, the Bible says, let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. Or let, let, let it be yes or let it be no. Amen. When you begin to stretch uh, the truth, uh, you, you, you stretch it so far and it becomes a lie. And how many know the word of God said that a liar is not going to tarry in his sight? Amen. So uh, when it talks there, amen, uh, we are to take heed of the truths that we have heard, lest we let them slip. We're talking about the danger of drifting. Hallelujah. Now, now, as uh, we read that definition about drifting, that word there, uh, uh, there are several thoughts that come to my mind. First of all, I think about all of the Christians who have drifted away from God and are no longer in church anymore. I want you to think about, amen, individuals that you knew or maybe even still know that there was a time when they were on fire for God. There was a time when they were staunch believers, amen, and would beat you getting to church. But when you look around now, where are they now? Where are they now? Amen. Have drifted away from God and are no longer in church anymore. Amen. And and, and when I think about that, and, and when I think about them, I think about like water leaking out of a vessel. Amen. They have leaked out of the church. Amen. Individuals that, amen, uh, love God and, and, and on fire for God. Amen. And, uh, but their zeal and, 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 and uh, love for God, they sprung a leak. And they leaked out of the church. And the world has also swept them out of the church. Amen. Not only does that word... Uh, drift mean to leak out, but it's talking about how uh, the waves will come and wash the shore and wash, and, and, and the world has also swept them out of the church like, like ocean waves that hug the shore and pull whatever is in their path out to sea aimlessly to drift or sink to the bottom. Talking about the danger of drifting. Hallelujah. I also think about preachers who have spiritually eroded like the sands of a beach, washed away by the waves of the world. And, and, and some of them that uh, said that they were called to preach the gospel, they're no longer preaching. Amen. Some of them are even no longer in church. Amen. And, 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 and I'm thinking about uh, and and what, what the Apostle Paul said, woe is me if I, if I preach not the gospel. Amen. I don't know about you, amen, but, but uh, uh, when I consider, and, and, and there's, a, uh, there's a quote from the Old Testament uh, at the death of Saul, uh, the first king of Israel. And uh, the quote that I think about, it says, how are the mighty fallen? Amen. That was the lament. How are the mighty fallen? And you know what? Uh, and, and, and I'll move on, but, but I'm just reflecting because uh, I'm a preacher. But I, 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 I look at some of the greats in ministry, Elder Evans. Some of the great preachers, amen, that once proclaimed the gospel, that once stood, amen, on the firm foundation of the world and, uh, and, 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 and had the respect of thousands and 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 uh, great works, but where are they now? Amen. Some of them have eroded like the sands of the beach and washed away by the waves of the world, and some of them are no longer even preaching or not even in church. Talking about the danger of drifting, and you know what? When 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 I see uh, individuals that I looked up to that I knew who had a grasp of the word of God, and it seemed like there was an anointing on their life. And when I hear about them drifting away, it scares me. Y'all hear me? It scares me. 
Amen. Uh, the Bible says, "Take he, Amen. Let let him who thinks he stand take heed, lest he fall." Amen. Uh, uh, we have nothing to brag about. We have nothing to boast on. Amen. Uh, we can't afford to coast because if we're not careful, we might drift. Amen. I'm reminded of the battle that all believers. I was talking about preachers, but it's not just preachers. Every person that's a believer is in a battle, amen, and a fight not to drift. I'm reminded of the battle that all believers face to not forget the truths that they have learned from God's word and beware of the danger of drifting. Amen. It's not, enough, it's not what we know. See, a lot of us think we're going to get credit for what we know. It's not about what we know. It's about, amen, what we know, the, the revelation that we know, and what are we doing with it. Hallelujah. I want to relate a, a story that uh, I read uh, about Mark Twain. And uh, any of you are familiar with Mark Twain, uh, the uh, famous American writer? And uh, uh, his real name was... Uh, Samuel Clemens, uh, and uh, Mark Twain was his, uh, what do they call it, uh, pseudonym uh, that he used uh, when he would write his articles and things. Well, uh, as a young man, uh, Mark Twain, or Samuel Clemens, fell in love with a beautiful Christian uh, uh, woman by the name of Livy, and uh, he was attracted to her, he loved her, uh, and he married her. And uh, Livy was a devoted Christian. And uh, when they first got married, Livy uh, said to Mark, you know, she said, we want to we start out on the right foot, and we want to uh, uh, start our home out with prayer and uh, studying the word of God and, and uh, you know, living as the scriptures command. And so for about two years, uh, Mark Twain, you know, new, being a newlywed, for about two years, Mark Twain um, complied with what Libby asked him to do. And, and he prayed, and, and, and they read the scriptures together, and, 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 and conducted uh, their homes in a Christian manner, to lay a Christian foundation. And uh, at the end of those two years... Uh, finally, uh, Samuel Clemens, or Mark Twain, as he was called, came to Livy, and he said, Livy, I can't do it. I can't do it. I, 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 I know uh, you love God. I know you're a Christian. He said, but I just can't do it. You're, you're, you're making me into a hypocrite. It's not in me. I, I, I just can't do it. And uh, so... Uh, he told her, he said, now, you can do what you want to do, but, I, but don't make me do it anymore. I can't do it. And so uh, Livy acquiesced or gave in to her husband. And uh, over time, uh, he became famous and uh, renowned and Fortunes came uh, to the Clemens family, and uh, there were uh, royal court appearances in Europe. They were invited over to see some of the royalty over in the European continent. And uh, Sam and uh, Livy were on top of the mountain, figuratively. But the more... Uh, Wealthy and renowned they became, the further and further Livy began to drift away from the Lord that she loved. And she stayed out of church so long and stayed away from God so long until eventually Livy dried up spiritually. You know, sometimes uh, our loved ones will make demands on us. And uh, in order to please them, uh, we stop doing 
what we know that pleases God. And 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 I'm 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 it's sad to say, but I believe that any time we let another individual be more important to us than our relationship with God, we made that individual into an idol. Living spiritual life dried up. And a crisis occurred in their lives. And uh, in an hour of bitter need, Mark Twain or Samuel Clemens said to Libby, if your Christian faith can help you now, turn to it. He was the one who pulled her away. But now he's saying to her, if, if, if God is who you really need, then turn to him. Amen. Get help from the God that you believe in. To which Livy replied, I can't, Sam. I haven't any faith. It was destroyed a long time ago. And she lost her confidence and trust in the Lord. How ironic that the very individual who pulled her away was the one that was saying, okay, now, now, if you need him, you need him now. Amen. You, you know, get, get back with God. Get back with God. He was the one who pulled her away. And now he's the one that's encouraging her. Amen. If God is who you need, amen, if God is the one that will get you through, get back with God. But she felt, and, 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 and let me hasten to say, as long as you got breath in your body, I don't care how far you've gone, I don't care what you've done, we serve a loving and forgiving God. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. We, we, and, and, and you can come back home. Yes, Amen. But her faith, uh, she felt like her faith was destroyed, and she lost her confidence. Amen. You got to be careful. You don't want to cast away your confidence. Amen. And trust in God. I'm talking about the danger of drifting. Amen. And, 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 and so uh, I believe that uh, what happened to Livy is a cautionary tale for us. Amen. Beloved, if we do not practice truth, we tend to eventually forget it. We'll let it slip from our minds from our lives, amen, because we're not anchored to God's word. And if our relationship and fellowship with Christ is weak, we'll have a tendency to drift and to be pushed around by any wave that comes our way. And if we walk with God, amen, if our walk with God is not vital and valuable to us, then we're going to drift away from it. The danger of drifting. Hallelujah. Amen. One of the discouraging elements of being a Christian is to see someone who was once living for, God, for Christ and they get sidetracked and they spiritually slide into a condition of coldness and callousness, carnality and criticalness. Amen. Corruption. And, and we need to understand what I was quoting before. How are the mighty fallen? Uh, we're all capable of doing this if we're not careful. Amen. Paul, one of the greatest apostles, responsible for writing about uh, one-third of the New Testament. Amen. Paul was afraid that it would happen to him. Uh, over in 1 Corinthians 9 and 27, amen, he said, instead, I discipline my body. And I bring it under strict control so that after preaching to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Paul said, I buffet my body. King James, I believe it is. I buffet my, I, I buffet my body. Amen. That word buffet means not, not buffet, but buffet. Amen. In other words, I discipline it. Amen. I, I, I check it. I, I, I have to, amen, I have to check myself before I wreck myself. Yes. Talking about the danger, amen, of drifting. And so while we're, while we're considering and, 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 and while we are uh, talking about the danger of drifting, let me ask you, are you drifting away from the Lord? 
Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you drifting? Some may say, I don't know. How, how, how do I know if I'm drifting? Well, there are a number of signs that indicate a person is drifting from the Lord. And knowing those signs and God's solution will help us stay on our spiritual toes and beware of the danger of drifting. Uh, when I was thinking about this message, uh, some of you know, uh, the Lord blessed me and I was able to get a, a, a car. I'd with, been without a car for a while and just driving my truck. I, I, got, a, I got a fairly up-to-date car, and it's got a lot of sensors, amen, uh, all the way around it, and it's got a lot of uh, safety features in it. And, uh, you know, when, when I was driving without the safety features, you know, my old truck, it didn't have all of those safety features and sensors and rearview uh, backup cameras and, and so forth and so on. And uh, I thought I was a pretty good driver. Hey, man, I thought I was a pretty good driver. Hey, man, haven't had any major uh, wrecks. The only uh, wreck that uh, I've been in, I got hit from behind by a tractor-trailer driver who wasn't paying attention. And Kim and I were, you know, but uh, in terms of me running into anybody, haven't run into anybody and, and, and whatever. And so I thought I was a pretty good driver. Uh, but with the, with the new car that I've got, uh, you know, new to me, not brand new, but with the, with the car that i got, it's got uh, some safety equipment on it. And one of the uh, safety equipments that it has on it, it's got a, um, uh, something that tells you when you get out of your lane. And when you start to drift. And uh, I tell you, uh, I, I, I got that thing set where it'll tell me, and I'm driving down the highway, and uh, I'm looking where I'm going, and I'm thinking that I'm in between the, the two white lines. And every once in a while, even though I think I'm between the two white lines, I'll kind of drift a little bit. And when I drift, there's a warning that comes on the screen and a vibration that comes in the steering wheel. And, and it tells me to get back over. Tell me to get back over. It's letting me know you're starting to drift. And you know what? It's, it's, it's hard on my ego. Because <laughs> I thought I was a pretty good driver. But it's telling me, no... You're not. You're starting to drift. And I thought about turning it off. But I decided it would be better to keep it on. Because it's, it's there for my protection. Y'all hear me? It's there for my protection. And, and, and so what I'm talking about you today, amen, uh, uh, let's not be so... Uh, 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 caught up, amen, in thinking that, oh, what he's talking about don't apply to me, amen. Let's not fool ourselves. Let's check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. The danger of drifting. So, so what are some of the signs that we're drifting away from God? Let's, 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 let's talk about those. Amen. What are some of the signs that we're drifting away from God? Well, uh, one of the first signs that you're drifting away from God is you stop seeking the Lord. The desire to know God is gone. And apathy for the things of God begin to take root in our lives. Sometimes apathy is caused by familiarity with the word. In other words, we, sometimes we think we know the word so good that when they read a scripture, they say, oh, I already know that, and we just tune them out. And the Bible has lost its specialness to us. And the sentiment that uh, I've heard, I've heard this before. Uh, when this attitude grips our heart, the passion for Christ begins to wane. And, and, and this is what happened to the church at Ephesus. And in Revelations uh, 2 and 4, uh, Jesus said, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because you have left your first love. Amen. Now, God gives us direct, uh, direction on what to do about it. God urges us repeatedly to seek him and to be close to him each day. Uh, this is what the writer of Hebrews was talking about when he said we ought to give the more earnest heed 
Or we need to cleave to the things which we have heard. Signs that we are drifting away from God. Amen. We become apathetic and stop seeking the Lord. Amen. Number two. Um, we uh, stop avoiding temptation. Amen. We stop avoiding temptation. We start playing with sin. Playing around sin. You got, you, you got some people that they got the attitude. They want to they wanna get as close as they can. To the line to see how they keep pushing the limits to see how far they can go. I I I just believe that's the wrong attitude. I think we ought to stay as far away from it as possible. Amen. Playing around with temptation and sin will eventually uh, burn and scar your life spiritually. Christians get into trouble when they minimize sin, justify it, make excuses for sinful living. If you're doing this now, you need to cease doing it immediately because you're drifting from God. And when apathy sets in your heart about sinfulness, then you'll find yourself drifting from God. And this is why the scripture warns us, amen, to avoid temptation and to guard our heart. Amen. Job 11 and 14, and I'll just read them. I, won't, uh, I don't have them posted, but Job 11 and 14, if iniquity be in thy hand, put it far away. And let not wickedness dwell in thy tabernacle. Amen. Uh, Matthew 24 and 12. It says, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Amen. First Peter uh, 5, 8 through, and 9. It says, be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, is like a roaring lion, walking about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith. Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Amen. So the signs that we are drifting away from God is we stop seeking the Lord. And we start playing around, amen, uh, uh, with temptation and sin. Uh, number three, there's a standstill in our service for the Lord. Amen. There's a standstill in our service from for uh, uh, the service of the Lord. When you drift from the Lord, you don't want to have anything to do with him. You don't want to have anything to do with him. Serving him is inconvenient, irritating, or not as important, uh, not important at all. And if you're in ministry but consider it drudgery, then you're drifting. You know, that, that kind of answers the question as to why. Some folk, we see them so seldom. This is not, amen, you know, this is the place where we love to be, but this is not the place where they love to be. Amen. Because uh, they, they come to a standstill in their service for uh, the Lord. And when a Christian loses his purpose in serving the Lord, he will digress quickly uh, uh, in his growth. And so, so, so uh, let me say that there are many ways that you can serve the Lord other than preaching. There are many ways to share the gospel. You don't, you don't just have to be a preacher, amen, uh, but God has called, you know, you know, we owe him our lives. We owe him our lives. Hallelujah. Uh, let, me, let me go uh, a little further here. Um, not only do you stop seeking the Lord and, amen, you start uh, getting closer and playing around with temptation. And there's a standstill in your service for the Lord. But you're stuck in sinful habits and silly priorities. Amen. When you begin to drift, you get stuck in sinful habits and silly priorities. The pressures and stresses from earthly matters and cares can distract the believer from spending time with the Lord because they're too busy. If you're going to avoid drifting, then don't get distracted from what is important. Amen. Uh, a, a great uh, writer in the past, his name was Elton Trueblood, uh, once said, Our heresy is not that we deny our Lord, but that we make small what is intended to be large. Get your priorities straightened out. And break those sinful addictions. Spend time with the Lord each day and do your best to reach others for Christ. 
Amen. Talking about, amen, signs that we are drifting. Amen. Number five. Uh, number five is there becomes a shallowness in our understanding of the truths of God's word. Amen. We get shallow in our understanding. Amen. In uh, Ephesians 4.14 it says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine by the slave of men and cunning craftiness whereby they wait to deceive. You see many do not grow because of their ignorance of God's word or lack of desire to learn the Bible. Some excuses that are offered is, well, I just don't understand it. I don't have time to study. The Bible doesn't pertain to my life. It doesn't work for me. Amen. Uh, that's the wrong kind of thinking. That's a shallowness. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. If you're going to be a, a, a Christian, amen, an effective Christian, uh, uh, a, a, a strong Christian, uh, you can't hang out in the shallows and kind of dip your toe in every now and then. You've got to be all in. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. All in. Amen. You've got to get into some of the deep things in God. Amen. You've got to have a desire for more of him and less of you. Let me, let me go on. Number six. Amen. Uh, 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 signs that we're drifting away from God is uh, we'll find ourselves in strife with other Christians. Find ourselves in strife with other Christians. Conflicts arise once in a while among believers. Amen. You're not going to get along with everybody all the time. But when you begin to drift away, you're going to find that uh, you're going to get petty. And uh, it's going to be a lot easier for you to get in strife with other Christians. Amen. And uh, if you find yourself avoiding Christians and not wanting to go to church, you got a problem. Yeah. It's not normal at all. Conflicts and arguments with other Christians can be devastating to our spiritual growth. If a church is filled with division and strife, then that church is drifting from the Lord. And this is why Paul was uh, so stern with the, with, with, with the church at Corinth. The book of Proverbs teaches us how to resolve conflicts by not letting the sun go down on our wrath. If you're having conflicts with others, try to resolve them quickly if possible. So bitterness does not grip your heart. Fuming and brewing over anger will not help you at all. And you'll only hurt yourself and others around you with your anger. Amen. So uh, I think about the word of God where it talks about the wrath of a man worketh not the righteousness of God. When we find ourselves in constant strife with other believers, something is wrong. We're starting to drift. Amen. Number seven. Uh, number seven is uh, seeking. Uh, uh, let's see if I can get to seven here. Yeah. Seeking after carnal philosophies. And lifestyles of the world. Yeah. Amen. We get, we get more and more carnal. People get into trouble when they follow the reasoning and the lifestyle of this wicked world. Worldliness and godliness do not mix at all. They're at odds with one another. The world promotes selfishness, greed, sensuality. While God promotes selflessness, giving, and purity. If you adopt a carnal mentality, you're going to drift from God and be spiritually weakened. And I think about over in uh, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 3 and 1. And he says, I brethren and I brethren could not speak to you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with meat, and hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able, for ye are yet carnal, whereas there is among you, what? There is among you envying and strife and divisions. Are you not carnal and walk as men? Amen. So uh, that's a sign uh, that we're beginning to drift away from God. Just, got just a couple more. Um, number eight, saintly living is no longer practice. You know what, uh, you hardly even hear of the people of God referred to. I, I, I can remember a time when they talked about the saints. 
You remember that, Elder Evans? Amen. There was something about the saints. Hallelujah. I can remember going back to one of the convocations uh, when J.O. Patterson was presiding bishop in the Church of God in Christ. And uh, I believe it was one of the first times I went to the convocation in Memphis and he preached a message. You got to be careful how you treat the saints. You got to be careful how you treat the saints. He was preaching on the rich man and Lazarus. Hallelujah. And, uh, uh, you know, people in the world had a respect. Even, even when they weren't living right themselves. Amen. Uh, many times uh, there was just stuff that they wouldn't say around the saints. Amen. Stuff that they wouldn't do around the saints. We're living in a different day now. Living in a different day. And uh, I, I, I don't know if it's a better day. In, in some aspects, I think it's not. Amen. We're more, we got more technology and, and, and we got more stuff. Amen. But one writer put it like this. Amen. Uh, we become techno-barbarians. <laughs> techno-barbarians. In other words, got modern technology, you know, playing with our phones and what have you. But what are our morals like? Hallelujah. Saintly living is no longer being practiced. There's a difference between holy and unholy. And we do the world a disservice when the church stops being salt and light. We're drifting. And you know... uh, Sometimes if you're both drifting in a direction at the same speed, you know, you, you, you can keep up with them. But uh, I don't believe God called us to keep up with the world. Amen. He didn't call us to keep up with the world. He didn't call us to drift with them. Uh, and so um, I believe that uh, godly, uh, godly living is still in fashion. Amen. I believe that there are still saints. Amen. And, uh, uh, and, 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 and I believe that when God comes back, he's coming back for the saints, not the ain'ts. Amen. Let me move on. Amen. Uh, number nine, uh, signs of drifting away from God is when you begin to have second thoughts about living for Christ. Second thoughts about living for Christ. Amen. What I mean by that is, uh, you know, you begin to start thinking about alternatives. I've, I've seen women, and I won't just put it on women, but I, I see this more uh, happen with women where they begin to get desperate to get married. They feel like the clock is ticking and running out. And uh, they look around the church and they say, there's not many good prospects sometimes in some of the churches. And uh, they'll begin to have second thoughts about living for Christ. And they feel like, well, maybe I need to, amen, uh, you know, bring the hymn up a little bit and, uh, you know, put a little bit of, you know, a little bit more uh, makeup on and, amen, get some of those, uh, get some of those eyelashes that, that, that. I've seen it. Amen. I've seen it. They, 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 they'll, they'll change their entire look. Amen. And will go some places that they hadn't been going before. Amen. Because they're desperate to get somebody. And uh, I'm meddling now, and I'm telling you this at the start. Before I say what I'm getting ready to say. But sometimes I, I, I be in places, and I see them with their eyelashes sticking out like that. And I'd be wanting to tell him, sister, that don't do nothing but make you look like a clown. I know you think it's helping, but it ain't helping. If anybody try to get close to you, they're going to get a hair in their eye. told you I was meddling. 
But uh, second thoughts about living for Christ. And, and, and so they let their, uh, and, 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 and let me mail just a little bit and I'll get back. Y'all spend good money on stuff. And if you think we care about it, you're fooling yourself. All right. Let me, let me go. Second thoughts about living for Christ. They, they, they come up with alternatives and, 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 and they think, well, this is going to work. And, and they think when I get him, after they let the guard down and, and let the standard down, and, 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 and then what, what are you getting? Who are you getting? You, see, you hear some silly stuff in church sometimes. I remember hearing one time in church a woman say, a piece of man is better than no man at all. <laughs> Wrong answer. Second thoughts about living for Christ. All right. And uh, then let me conclude. Spiritual goals, amen, are forsaken. Spiritual goals are forsaken. Uh, I could continue on, but... Um, uh, selfishness is another one that you could add to that list. Selfishness, uh, focusing on your own will instead of God's will. And, uh, uh, you know, the Bible talks about uh, when, when, when we become selfish and focus on our own will instead of God's will. Proverbs 14 and 14 says, The backslider in his heart shall be filled with his own ways, and a good man shall be satisfied from himself. Uh, Ephesians 6 and 6, not with eye service as men pleases, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Uh, Psalms 40 and 8 say, I delight to do thy will. O my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. Uh, so these are all signs that we are drifting from God. And... Uh, we need to guard against it. Amen. And uh, not be so proud uh, like I was thinking that I'm, you know, I'm a good driver. And, I'm, you know, and, and, and I remember there would be times when people around me would blow their horns. I'm like, what are they blowing their horns for? Who they blowing at? Well, now I found out they was blowing at me. I wonder, is the spirit blowing his horn at you? Did you get anything from the word today? Let's stand on our feet. Let's stand on our feet. Amen. We're going to ask them to bring the communion table. If some of the brethren can bring the communion table over. The danger. Amen. Amen.